Welcome to more about officership, an open and honest discussion about officership in Australia. As we move towards One Australia Territory, host Captain Matt Rees is joined by officers from across the country to discuss the challenges and rewards of being an officer today. Well, welcome to another episode of the Candidates Podcast. Just a reminder, if you haven't subscribed to the iTunes account that you can, it's more about officership. And by the end of each week, there'll be a new podcast in there. And also to like the Facebook page, which is the Salvation Army Australia Candidates. And there's obviously other information on there, but we also put the podcast up there each week. Now, this week, we are talking to newly commissioned lieutenants again. Uh, We have Peter and Heather. So welcome to both of you. Hi. Okay, you're going to have to do better microphone work than that. Hello. Hey. Okay, we're getting there. Um. You guys only got commissioned last last week, yeah. two weeks ago. So it's all pretty exciting. Um, but we really want to, I want to, and people listening want to know a little bit about you. And we always kind of start every podcast this way. So whether people think it's boring or not, I don't know. But because everyone's story is different and unique. So we kind of do your story, then we roll it into how you got here and where you're going and all's good, all's well with the world. So Peter, we're going to start with you. You t- just tell us a little bit about who you are, what you did before you came to college, um, some highlights, no low lights if you got yourself in trouble because we, we don't want to deal with that. But um, who is Peter Stamp? Do you not know? Let's let's start with Chatty over here. Heather, <laughs> why don't you go first? No, you, don't who tell is Peter us. Stamp? No, 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 no. Not not who is Peter, but who who are you? Um. Okay, so I uh, grew up in the Salvation Army, so I am a a Salvo girl by heart. Um, Probably not in the more traditional sense. Um, I I grew up in a place called Keelor, which is now Brimbank, um, which was a less traditional kind of church. Um, So I grew up in the Army, but I... In doing that and in my life in general, I developed a real passion for working with children very early on in life. Um, And so that has kind of guided a lot of who I am. Um, I went into children's ministry and then into youth ministry and then studied to be a teacher for four years. Uh, And then that turned into a job in the Salvos doing children's ministry um, again before coming here. But children... And my passion for working with children, helping them to grow has been a real um, a real big part of who I am and continues to be. So when you finished high school, you went on to do teacher training? Yep, straight away went to uni. Did you ever teach as a teacher? I didn't, no, other than, so I did all of my placements and yep. things like that. Uh, I went to try and get a job and that never happened. So yep. I worked in before school care, after school care, vacation care, anywhere where I could work in a school. Yep. Um, I I did that through um, a, a company. Um, but, yeah, never never actually was able to get okay. to an interview stage in teaching. So. All right. So then you started working for the Army? Yes. Yeah, great. And in what division? Um, so I started at THQ actually. They rang me Ooh. up and, and asked me if I'd like to come and work in the resource department there for children's ministry. So I was writing junior soldier curriculum and um, days of prayer for children and different things like that. Okay. Kids Bringle and lots of things, some of the first steps material. Yeah, right. Okay. Can I ask you a question? How old are you? I'm 26. 26. Now, Peter, back to you. Tell... <laughs> I can ask you all these questions. I am going to get something out of you. Tell us a little bit about yourself. And But first of all, because I know you love fishing, <laughs> right, what's the biggest fish you've ever caught? 
I'd say it was this big. Yeah. <laughs> but you but can't it, but see it, how big my hands are. Yeah, but it got away just before I got in the boat. I oh, know. <laughs> yes. I've heard the story. So tell us a bit about yourself. Um, so I grew up in Mildura. I was born a country boy. And um, so my parents went to the Salvos. Um, so I guess I was born into the Salvation Army in a way. And um, so I was involved in um, pretty much everything that was going on at the time. Red Shield Appeal, um, got involved in um, Sunday schools and uh, Boys Legion, Sagala, and just about everything really that I could get my hands on <laughs> growing up. Uh, but I always found that um, I wanted more. So when I was old enough, I got uh, invited to camps and things and so I was always trying to work out how I could get connected further into the army, how I could get to know more people around my age and people that shared a similar faith to myself and and I found that a lot through camps. Did you guys meet? I bet you met at a camp, didn't you? We, yeah, well, we oh, met through youth. We, we started yeah. going out just after a camp. Yeah, all right. Oh, sorry, I interrupt. <laughs> you were on a rhetorical flourish, and I interrupted. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so I found um, I found a lot of my, I guess, deepening of faith through camps, and in particular, I've said this a lot to people who know me, but um, creative arts camp, um, sort of Victorian creative arts camp turned into a territorial creative arts camp. I found was um, just a a very unique camp. Um, I loved music. I loved playing my saxophone. Um, I just loved the whole band gig and I got into singing and, um, and I just, I loved all that sort of creative, creative arts you stuff. you play alto or tenor sax? Tenor sax. Yeah. It's okay. best. <laughs> yeah. But, Sweet. <laughs> Don't worry. Keep going. But I found that um, what was unique about this camp is that it was camp, I guess, for people who had already been through um, a bit of a faith journey. So rather than a camp focusing on, um, you know, more evangelical sort of style, it was a camp that really deepened in your in faith and stuff. So um, there was a lot of um, good friendships that got built, a lot of um, deeper teaching and deeper understanding and a lot of deeper challenges um, to, go, to go further and deeper into your faith, which was um, something that I guess was missing in a lot of, lot of camps. It's um, like, it's, it's funny when you think of camps because you've got, um, you've got your camps that are the very evangelical ones where, you, you know, people come in, get them saved, yeah, do yeah. the whole response thing. You've got camps, um, maybe like an Easter camp that um, sort of, you know, has a bit of that, but, um, you know, so people that are already sort of a beginning off in their faith. But then you've got something like creative arts camp where it's pre- just presumed that everybody has faith. So they're able to go a lot yeah, deeper. Yeah. Okay. And, um, so I always look forward to that camp. And, so do you um, still play saxophone? I, I'm, <laughs> in, I'm interested in your faith. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I really am. <laughs> do you still play sax? Yeah, I love sax. I haven't played it for a while though. I um, Yeah, I busted it a couple of years ago <laughs> just before coming to college. But... Well, stop spending money on all your boat and then you'll be, you'll <laughs> be right. That's right. Then you can go yeah. back to but, serenading. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. and you worked for the army as well, didn't you? Yeah, you coming into pastor? college, yes. I was a youth pastor for nine years. Um, so half my role was um, working in the local high school and the other half was uh, working within the church and the local community. And doing where was that? At Werribee, Wyndham City. Okay. Oh, okay. Right. Very good. So you're – I'm back on to you now, Heather. You did kids and you were in youth, um, Peter, and then 
at some point, I don't know how, everyone's different, everyone's sort of different but they're all the same. At some point, someone must have said to someone, hey, um, I feel like we should be officers or I, I really want a, a call, I, I sense a call to full-time ministry or I don't know, what happened? Well, we actually, we came into our relationship both already having a calling into officership. So it was kind of um, really near the beginning of our relationship that we had that conversation where both of us kind of said to each other, hey, at some point I know that I'm going to be an officer and go into officership. Are you okay with that? And then the other person kind of went, yeah, that was my calling too. This is perfect. (laughs) Nothing, nothing, um, nothing, just no better way to start a relationship. Like I think I should be an officer. Oh, right, okay. I'll just be back in a second. No, we were both on board, which was very helpful. Um, But, yeah, so we did have a a, a kind of a together calling a bit later on um, once we were actually ready to go to college and we thought it was time. But, yeah, we both came into the relationship going, yep, this is where God's calling us. Okay. So... You're 20, what'd you say, 20? 26. 26, you're? 30. 30. Um, You could have done anything, Mm. really. The world's your oyster, so to speak. Why did you come to college? Why why do you, forget the college part, but Mm -hmm. why why did you, why do you want a a full time of ministry, a, a life of ministry through the Salvation Army? A lot of people have asked this question um, over the past two years and even before that probably, but I think, I don't think that I could get fulfilment doing anything else. So I think often that's the answer and people go, oh, yeah, 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 you know, whatever, you couldn't of do course anything you're else. Say yeah, that, yeah. Yeah. But it, it's, it's almost selfish in a way because I genuinely, I couldn't be happy doing anything else as much as going into officership is going to be uh, a stressful, heartaching, all of the crazy things that come with it as well as the positive, I don't think that I could be happy doing anything else as much as I loved working with children, as much as all of that uh, was fulfilling for the time that I was in that. I think that that was where God had called me and right now God is calling me into officership. And if I hadn't said yes, if I'd chosen to do something else, if I'd chosen to be in another place, I don't think that I'd be happy. Just restless? Yeah, Mm. and I do. And I've had that in jobs before this. I I had numerous jobs before um, settling in in the salvers and coming here and I was I was restless what about you could you have done something else <laughs> well it's funny that because um it's about a, a couple of weeks ago I was testing out a an old tape recorder a little cassette tape uh, very very different to the setup we're using at the moment <laughs> but, <laughs> I, don't, um, I don't know what we're using at the moment <laughs> <laughs> plug it in <laughs> but I had to go around to try and find a cassette tape to um oh, to yeah. use and um I I knew I had one around and I found one in the cupboard and um and it was a a recording of an interview that I did on the radio when I was about 15 years old. And um, it was when I had won a couple of film festivals, local film festivals in Mordura at that time doing some animations and and such and I'd entered into, a, into another one. And I remember the, it was only a couple of weeks ago, listening to my introduction and, um, and the lady on the radio said, uh, what is Steven Spielberg... Uh, Alfred Hitchcock and Peter Stamp got in common and uh, she talked about, you know, emerging directors and and such. Um, I I guess for me growing up, uh, that was, you know, one of my passions of film, Um, music. I love um, hands-on things, building stuff. Like I think 
growing up, I I could, if I wanted to, I could have just about done anything I wanted to in life. And I think um, following God's calling into ministry, I found that although I haven't followed one particular path um, of, of, I guess, you know, a talent or skill that I've got, but I've been able to find that I've been able to use all of my talents and all of my skills and all of our passions um, in ministry in some way or, or another, including fishing. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> so the, I wasn't aware that you had this sort of thing about, um, well, one, the saxophone, but secondly, like film and um, obviously you're very creative in that mm. space. Do you feel like God, like you can still use that like you just said. Yeah. But do you have any idea how you're going to use that, like in the in the years ahead? Mm. Have you sort of got any sense of what that would look like? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, just from um, taking anything from my experience doing youth ministry um, and taking a bunch of young at-risk guys on a camping trip in the middle of the bush using axes and knives and maybe building fires and stuff, <laughs> taking, yeah, you know. And, and you didn't sleep at s- all. Safely. <laughs> <laughs> Hand the axes in, guys. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But, you know, teaching kids how to fish. Um, you know, a few years ago at, in the creative arts camp, I um, ran a film uh, animation group and we produced this really cool Batman video, stop motion animation. Um, but I was able to teach a group of kids how to do that and empower them. And um, But I've just, I've been able to find a way to use most, you know, yeah. all of my passions, all my hobbies, all my skills. And I'm even now at college, um, you know, I've sort of built this community garden and you know, I'm out there with you know, the kids and the cadets um, pulling up potatoes and teaching them how to garden and plant stuff. And it's, um, it's been good. It's community. Yeah. Pete has 50,000 hobbies that you would never expect, but every single one of them somehow manages to be helpful in ministry. Which, which, which ones hasn't he mentioned? <laughs> oh, oh, no. Well, gold panning. There's another yeah, one. prospecting. Okay. Love that. <laughs> <laughs> is, is prospecting the posh way of saying digging or what, what's... Okay. What about what are your hobbies? Um, I talking? am. Yes, talking. <laughs> yep. People are my hobby. Anything that, that I can do where yes. I'm around people is good. This last couple of years at college, what's kept me sane is sport. So I've gone and played basketball and mm-hmm. netball um, once a week each. So that's been really good. And I like sewing. I'm a sewer, oh, which is new. Like as in pants or what, what do you sew? Oh, like quilts and I make clothes for my nieces and lots of oh. different things like that. So you're the auntie that makes clothes. I am. Christmas oh. dresses every year. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Good. Um, I don't know what to say about that, but do you do crocheting? No. It's okay. one thing I haven't learned oh, yet. Right. You've, still, you've still got a way to go. Yeah. Last, um, last episode we spoke with um, Gavin and Jody Jones who – were are in your session mm-hmm. um, have just been commissioned, and I read to them the covenant that they signed at Covenant Day in Sydney at the college in Sydney, and I'm going to read it and I'm going to just ask you to sort of reflect on it, what it, what it meant, what it means for you, and I think because parts of it mean different things for different people, obviously. Yeah. Um, so this is what it says: called by God to proclaim the gospel of our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ as an officer of the Salvation Army. And it says, I bind myself to him in this solemn covenant to love, trust and serve him supremely all my days, to live to win souls and make their salvation the first priority of my life, to care for the poor, feed the hungry, clothe the naked, love the unlovable 
and befriend those who have no friends, and to maintain the doctrines and principles of the Salvation Army, and by God's grace to prove myself a worthy officer, done in the strength of the Lord and my Saviour. What the other week when we were in Sydney, and we were Claire and I were privileged enough to be a part of that, like to in the room. What did that mean to you? Does it? Yeah. What does it mean? The signing of the covenant. Oh, just you had to sign that. I think that there is obviously a lot of different things in the covenant, um, but what has stood out to me, and it's like you said, everyone takes different things out of it, and this is coming from my own story where um, I've gone through breakdown and 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 things like that, where I tried to do a lot of things in my own strength. Um, tried to take on a lot and came to the realisation in the end that I can't do any of this without God by my side. It's that last bit, what does it say? Uh, done in the strength. Done in the strength of, of my, my Lord, Lord and, and Saviour. That, that to me, the rest of it, that's what I want to do, but I can't do that without the strength of my Lord and my Saviour. It's just not possible. And I know that from, from previous experience and I, I plan to claim what's written there yeah. going forward. When, when you talk about your previous experience, mm-hmm. like you're obviously a, a dark, is that what you're saying? Like yeah, I, I had a... Just I, overwhelmed sort of thing or...? Oh, I got diagnosed with um, anxiety. Um, okay. I um, saw a psychologist and, and they told me that I was uh, in the middle of a big breakdown um, from just, it was just I was, I had taken on too much. I had personal issues going on, different things like that. And it was just all got a bit too much for me mm. um, at the time. So, yeah. So that that gives you a framework to work by, doesn't it? So yeah. you know. Oh, yeah. You know. Yeah. Coming, coming back from that, which was, like I say, it was a dark place, but coming back from that, you grow and you learn from anything that you yeah. do. And this was a big growth period for me. And um, I was pretty lucky actually that um, – coming out the other side of it was uh, a little bit before I came into college, but then a lot of the the journeying after that was actually through college, yeah. um, allowed me to sit and to learn and to to grow in myself and my relationship with God and what yeah. all of that meant and, yeah. Oh, that's, that's good. Thank you. What, what about you, Peter, like the Covenant Day? Is there any, any part of that that just sort of resonated with you or does it all, you know, I mean, there's none, none of it which, well, actually I don't agree with that bit. I don't agree, no, I wouldn't, oh, no, I don't agree with that bit. It, I mean, we agree with it. That's part of the binding myself in that sense. But are there any parts that meant anything more significant for you on Covenant Day? Well, I've always, um, <clears throat> I've always had a bit in this Covenant that stood out to me and... Uh, where is it? Where it says, love the unlovable. I've always struggled with the phrasing of that, with, with how it's worded. Because um, I think, I don't think the issue sits with people being unlovable, but rather just that they're unloved. And and I know that, um, I know that people <laughs> can get, can be hard to get along with and they can seem unlovable. But I think for me, um, I made a decision a long time ago to do everything I could to, I guess, love others, no matter who they were. And I set that challenge for myself, and not just to say that, you know, I just love everybody, but to um, 
to genuinely love people. And um, and there's a verse, I can't think of what it is just off the top of my head, which is not good. But, <laughs> but um, you know, oh, the verse You haven't talks, memorised the whole Bible? No, no, I oh haven't. I know, you got two years in college. And <laughs> <laughs> what do they teach but, them at college these days? <laughs> but this particular verse says, um, don't just love people, really love people, genuinely love people. Yeah. And um, and for me, that's, that's a real personal motto for me. And so I don't see this as, you know, love the unlovable, but, you know, love the unloved. You know, those who um, just don't have people in their lives or, the, you know, people that are judged or pushed away because um, of how they are or how they look or how they act. Um, it's not that they're unlovable but just yeah. that they need some love. Okay, great. What has college been like for you? Awkward pause. <laughs> no, <laughs> what, what, what is it like? I mean, it's different for everybody. Everyone just... It doesn't matter who I speak to about this, whether people did went through college 30 years ago or th- like this week, mm. you know, it doesn't matter. Everyone's got a different experience. Yeah. And I think that people listening to the podcast, they sort of, some are just eavesdropping in, some are uh, having this sort of wrestle with God about is this mm. the pathway for me and um, all different ages and all different experiences. Um, but it is the question that I think people want to know the most. Mm. What What is it like? It's a really hard to explain <laughs> answer. I think, like you said, it's it's different for everyone. But for me, their college has been like life where there's ups and downs all the time. So there's, yeah. there's things that happen that you get really frustrated with and you hate or you, you just feel like you can't deal with it. You don't and then hate it. You have a strong disliking yep, for strong something. Strong disliking yes. for something. <laughs> I have a strong disliking for assignments, yes. <laughs> But then there's uh, yeah. things that just are absolutely fantastic and just, you know, outbalance the other, the negative things. So for me, college, one of the best things about college has been the people because I'm a people person. Yeah. So living next to people where I can go next door and just annoy someone for, <laughs> for 10 minutes, we have a, a system worked out. I do 10 minutes here, 10 <laughs> minutes at the next house and so on. But having a community like that and being able to go out into this massive backyard that we've got and just hang out with people and, and talk with people about life, about what's going on. Community is big thing for me. So that's been really great. But it's also been, I think, the personal journey that you're able to go on here. So you, you grow as much as you want to grow. And I think if you're open to experiencing new things, if you're open to being vulnerable with people here, that you can... Learn so, so many new is things. Is that sort of in like formal ways and informal ways? Yeah, both. Yeah. yeah. So there's classes and there's um, we we do lots of different things, reflective practice and and all those sorts of things where it's more the formal yeah. um, ways of growing. But there's also just there's ways that you can just be with people and share with them your journey. And when you've got a session that you live with for two years, yep. you get to know each other and you get to know how to talk to each other and what to share and, and how to help each other grow as well. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Pete, what about you? College is hard, <laughs> but I think it needs to be. And as I look back over these last couple of years and I think of all the challenges that we've had, all the sleepless nights, all the stresses, all the struggles, all the questioning of everything, yeah. <laughs> I look back and think was a good thing. And although... Do you get to that conclusion now because it's nearly over? 
<laughs> or have you, have you, I, did you, I did you get six to... months in and think, actually, this is great? Or is it only now that you can see no, I think that, the next um, season? I've had a sense of this throughout it. And I think one of the best things it does for a person is, um, is, is to strip you down. Not to the point where you can come out some sort of sausage machine and, um, yeah, and you know, be this, yeah. you know, officer type person. But but to strip you down, strip you of all your pride, all of the things that you sort of built up, all your, um, I don't know, just everything that's sort of accumulated over the years, to strip you down and place you before God so that God can break you and mould you and make you into something that he wants you to be. And, um, and, and for me that's been a crazy experience this um, last couple of years and it's been tough and, you know, I always think of, um, you know, doing youth minute, like full-time ministry um, for nine years. Um, you sort of get to a point where you've, you know, you've done it and you know you know stuff but you come into college and you just sort of realise how much you actually don't know. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> That but, awkward moment when you realise you don't know everything. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> but, um, but it's been good and it's been crazy but it's been... A good journey, and I feel that um, you know, had I chosen a, a different pathway and um, you know done cadet an appointment or something like that, or um, become a um, an auxiliary lieutenant or whatever, um, I feel that I wouldn't be the same person now if I hadn't have come to college. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's something really special and unique about actually physically coming to college and um, and stepping away from ministry, which is the hardest thing ever for me to do, is to step aside for two years. But it's... Um, but do you feel yeah. like that being in college is stepping aside from ministry? I mean, you have lots of ministry experiences and I'm not sort of not, I'm not defending anyone. I'm just saying like, because I, but it's probably not as deep because you're not in places as long. So if you're in... Wherever you were for nine years, Wyndham, hmm. you know you, you know everything. Yep. Like, is it you know everyone's stuff yep. mostly? Um, but then you, you, in, you come to college, you go to a different core for a, a month or a couple mm. of months, and you get another one. And yep. so it's probably it skims around probably yeah. a bit more. But um, yeah, I, I often wonder whether different experiences like that help us. I'm not sure. I think I've, I've valued my placements and I valued the people there. Um, I think that our three months at Ingle Farm uh, blew me away. I th- that was, yeah. I'm not sure whether it was because I was just back investing into a place again or it was just having a different experience that I wouldn't have gotten otherwise. But yeah. it is. it is These these last two years have been a big step away from ministry as such. And although, as I'm repeating myself here, but as, you know, as I said, we've done placements and things, we haven't been able to have a level of responsibility um, to be able to do um, and follow, you know, our calling as such in, into those places. So it's been a, a more skills-based learning and, and developing in those times rather than actual, um, you know, wholehearted ministry. Theoretical that, yeah. as opposed to yeah. some practical stuff. So commissioning, I mean, it was announced whenever stuff gets announced. probably should know when all those things happen. But at some point I remember someone saying, did you know that Peter and Heather are going to Portland? Um, have you been to Portland before? Uh, we went a couple of weeks ago. So for those who don't time. know, tell us where it is. Uh, it is the Western most Australia. southwest. <laughs> no, not Western Australia. It's the most southwest of Victoria that you can go. Okay. 
Good fishing spots. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> He's right. so excited. He's got so, a new boat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can't, you can't afford to fix your saxophone, but you bought a new boat. <laughs> Whatever. Priorities. Now, what, what, what is your, what's your take on Portland? It is a beautiful place. Yeah. Um, people said that to us and I was kind of like, well, it's just going to be like any other kind of country yeah. town, but it's gorgeous. You drive in and you just see the ocean and it's just a beautiful place. We we went along one of the roads, which was right in town, and there was a koala coming down from a tree and then started walking right. along the sidewalk. So it's country, but it's beautiful. What's the industry in Portland? Do you know? Uh, there is a big, we think it's a sawmill. Uh, okay. And there's obviously a port. Is there a yep. port? Yeah, so there's a port. <laughs> Schmelting. Yes, yeah, They do, um, is there like a piggery or something over there? Don't they do like cattle and livestock from Portland or am I, I might be, I don't know. You might know Possibly. more than we do. <laughs> there's, a, there's a cable tram. A cable tram. Well, yeah, there you go. That's all you need to know. Whales yeah. and dolphins and seals. Yeah. So and did you go to the core? Did uh, you briefly, have a little yes. We had a, a peek through. We, yep. we had some people take us around there. Yep. Shop? Yes, thrift shop there. Yep. yep. One? One, yes. One. But a very good one. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, what do you... You've been, I mean, you've been there once, so mm-hmm. let's not, you can't have done all this work, but you you go to, you've been through college, mm-hmm. the whole training and formation sort of thing. You're about to go to Portland in a few weeks, start your first appointment. What are you going to do? <laughs> That's what I keep asking <laughs> everyone here. What do I do when I sit down at my desk after saying hello to everyone? <laughs> Yeah, the, the, I could imagine they go, oh, she's quite chatty. She likes <laughs> <laughs> Oh, she comes again. She's already been into the shop five times today. <laughs> what? Do you have any idea? I'm not not like personally whether you have an idea about yeah. what to do, but do you know what's ahead for you? Like what, what's the mission of the Salvation Army in Portland? Um, so we, we are going there to replant. So um, we're going there with the idea that, Portland perhaps um, is looking at doing something new um, to what has been happening there. And it, that's obviously not to say that things have been bad there or no, anything no, like that. And, but and it's always, I'll say it for you because <laughs> you can't say it. It's, it's honouring the past. Yes. And um, dealing with the reality of the of what is present yeah. in order to build for the future. So you're not saying that Portland is in trouble and you're going to fix it. So if anyone's listening, thinking that's the case, <laughs> that's not the case. It's not what you're saying, no. but understand that, the, you know, the culture changes, yeah. the, the world changes, and the Salvation Army have to be active in this space yeah. about redesigning how we do community and church and all that sort of stuff. So you don't need to say it. Yeah. I just said it. Carry on. Yep. So we're, we're yeah, so we're going there to look um, at what Portland is, who who are the people there, um, what are what are the things that the Salvation Army is involved in at the moment, and what um, do the people in the army think that the vision is for the future? And then, with all of that, we hope to create an idea of what actually the Salvation Army can look like in Portland. So we know uh, what what um, we want to do there. We want to create something new, but how we do that, yeah. we don't want to go in with the perfect idea of go that. Go with eyes wide peop- open. And, yeah, well, yeah. the people there are the people that are going to yeah. create this into the future. So we want it to be something that's a shared vision. So that's the plan. That's good. <laughs> what um, what got you through college? Not, not, uh, when I ask that question, and I, I need to sort of ex- – there's something wrong with my questioning ability <laughs> when I have to explain every question. But, like, I know – I don't want to make it sound like college is, like, this worst place and how did you get through. Yeah. 
But, you know, you're off the ministry treadmill, so to speak, like you said, Peter, and what did, what did you do? I mean, you did sports stuff, but, like, in terms of scripture and prayer and, like, what, what actually helped you, both of you, what have helped you through that that actually builds you up where you got to the point where you said, oh, I'm going to do this in the strength mm-hmm. of my Lord and Saviour? How, how do you continue that? But how did you get to that point um, in these last couple of years? I think for me, um, the key was to be myself. And as I said before, um, you know, it's not about coming in and being some sort of sausage machine or whatever. Um, I love the sausage machine. <laughs> but um, it's about not losing who you are, not losing, um, you know, your personality, not losing um, your sense of humour or whatever it is that makes you you. And, and I came into college um, determined that... Um, that I was only going to better my humour and my <laughs> remarks in class. <laughs> my jokes have gotten better. That's well, at least I think they are laughing at my own jokes. So if I'm laughing, it's like... Yeah, if you're laughing at your own jokes and you're the only one laughing, I yeah, think yeah. there's your answer to that question. <laughs> no, but um, I think I, I had a bit of, I guess, an advantage coming from a ministry background because I'd already gone through stages of burnout and stages of doing too much and learning from those, um, which meant that I'd been able to develop a lot of good self-care strategies for myself. I know what I need to do. I know my limits. I know uh, when I'm getting to a place and I need to take time out. And I said for myself right from the very beginning of college that um, I needed to look after myself and I wasn't out to um, impress people. I wasn't out to say yes to everything. Um, It meant that I had to say no to a lot of stuff and it meant that I've had to have late assignments and I'm still catching up on assignments you know, now because of it. Um, But after two years, I am in a very good space because I've taken time to go fishing. I've taken time to go out and um, and spend some time with God. I've taken, you know, I've gone to bed 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock at night rather than staying up till 2am submitting assignments and things. Because if I can't get this practice of self-care right while I'm in college, how do I expect to do it after college? Yeah. And um, so I've set those boundaries and I've gotten through college. And like I said, um, uh, you know, people might not see me as the most reliable person, but I know I'm going to survive in ministry. So <laughs> <laughs> The world is yearning for unreliable people. Peter, so you'll, you'll be fine. <laughs> um, look, I, I think it's great. I, I've never been to Portland um, you should come next year. I'll, I'll come down. You can preach. Thanks. Thanks. Um, what What would you say to people as a, like looking back on your time? Because your session is quite unique. You've got grandparents in your <laughs> session. Um, you've got young families in session. You guys. Everyone's different. Everyone's got lots of experience. You've got to be yourself. You know, everyone finds new hobbies and that sort of stuff. What do you say to people behind you? Not not that in terms of you're better and you're miles in front, but people that are having those same similar thoughts that you had and or both of that you, you had thinking about ministry. What as a final word, what would you say to people who are, are wrestling with the idea that maybe this would be for them? Trust God. I know it's very cliche, but um, I did it under the most strangest of circumstances, following a calling to leave everything and come to Melbourne, not knowing why. Um, But I am where I am because 
I was faithful to a prayer that I prayed um, and faithful to God's answer in that prayer. And, um, yeah, it's just it's crazy how God's plan just works and you just don't know why but trust God. I think um, be open to be vulnerable um, and to grow. I think that when we're open to those things, that's when God can speak to us. That's when other people can speak into our lives and we're not trying to hold up our own little fortress but actually allowing others to speak into that and to maybe recognise a calling on your life, whether it's to officership or to full-time ministry or something else. But when we open ourselves up um, to hear from God and from others, that's when we can find out where it is we're supposed to go. Great. Lieutenant Peter and Heather. Now, isn't your your mum's Heather as well? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what chaos. Oh, Heather Joy. The emails. What the chaos. email situation is chaos. <laughs> so, Heather, what email do we send emails to? Heather M. Stamp. So, you're M. Yes. Right. And <laughs> your mum's J. No, well, she's just Heather. Heather. Stamp. <laughs> okay. So, you had to insert Very it. Very confusing. Yeah, you could have planned that better. <laughs> Well, all the best for Portland. Thanks for having a chat with us. If you've got any questions or comments, you can leave them on the Facebook page. Uh, Just a reminder, subscribe to the iTunes account and there'll be uh, a new episode uh, by the end of each week. Peter and Heather, thanks very much. Look forward to uh, hearing how God continues to use you in the days and years ahead. God bless you. Thanks. Thanks for joining us for more about Officership. You can join the conversation at facebook.com forward slash SA Candidates Australia. If you want to explore Officership further, please speak to your local core officer or candidate secretary. The Salvation Army needs more leaders. Is God asking for more of you?